Rock. 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 It's time. Rock. To jam, y'all. Rock. Freaks. Get up against the wall. Rock. And last rock. Well, all right. It's Rock and Roll Death Brigade podcast with me, Randy Rocket Cody of the MetalDen.com site. It is October 9th, 2022, Sunday. Hope everyone's doing good and having a nice relaxing weekend or getting out and having some excitement. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world of heavy metal and uh, we're going to cover that, which you'll, stories you'll find at TheMetalDen.com right now. Uh, before we do go into that, uh, I do want to give a, a shout out to my uh, twin sister, Danny, and uh, just tell you that I love you and thank you for all your support. She became one of my subscribers, so hey, thank you so much for that, and, and again, for all, all the support and love. All right, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get rocking with some music here in, in a minute. Before we do that, we're going to, like I said, talk about some of the recent news stories you'll find at TheMetalDen.com, as well as my personal site, RandyRocketCody.com, uh, and the different reports going on there and, and what's going to be happening there in the future. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, we're going to include in the podcast here a little snippet from my latest interview on WQEE 99.1 on the FM Rock Radio dial with host Ryan O'Neill, my uh Oh, it's an incredible show, so I'm going to include some of that here in the, in the podcast so you can hear what went down. And I'll be back on Ryan's program again uh, on October 31st. He's asked me to join the Halloween show that he'll be doing. And then I'll be actually normally on my normal slot November 2nd, which will be the... Uh, that first Wednesday in November. So wow, this year's coming to an end here. So we're gonna try and go out as loud and proud as we can and, and, and rock as hard as we possibly can. That's what it's all about. We're gonna jam you some killer music. You know, I'm all about showing you know, showing off the, the latest, baddest heavy metal bands that are coming out from all around the world. So I try to feature those bands and, 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 and just keep it real. Um, but you know the most important thing is 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 uh, also letting you you all know how much I, I'm appreciating the support that y'all give me out there. Those of you that I see are sharing my uh, my posts. Um, you know I'm, I've been permanently uh, suspended or banned from Twitter, so I don't really see anything more on there. But on Facebook, I, I, even though I'm I'm going to only just be getting back out of Facebook prison here in about a few more days four more days. Um, I'm still been getting a, a bunch of direct messages from everybody, you know, staying in touch with me. And so here when I get going again on the Facebook, I'll be promoting and, and being seen more there as long as I can stay out of trouble, right? Um, but yeah, so the stories we're going to talk about the MetalDen.com right now and the big one that everyone's going crazy about is uh, Mick Mars from Motley Crue has apparently, uh, there's there's some bad blood going on between Mick and the rest of Motley Crue, apparently because of just the, you know, 
really the disastrous comeback that was the stadium tour. Sure, they made a ton of money, but you know, look, this was this was as bad as it gets. You know, with Tommy Lee getting caught fake drumming and taking all the attention, you know, uh, uh, you know, onto him with all this putting his penis picture out and telling the chicks at the shows to, you know, get going out in front of the stage and spending time telling the girls to take their, their boobs out. And then he has the accusation from this one lady says that her friend was hanging out with him and says she may have been, uh, you know, dosed, you know, by Tommy Lee. And even though she didn't directly say that, that is what's, you know, that is, that is what you walk away with when you hear her testimony because they were only hanging out with him. Uh, but then you've got all these other situations going on with, with uh, between Vince Neal and Tommy Lee, all the infighting going on with the whole band. And look, they sabotage the sound during these shows. You know, you've got the fans saying it themselves. You've got the critics saying it in their, in their uh, reviews that they wrote, saying that it's a train wreck, that these guys, had the bass was so turned up so loud and washed out, as well as the, the, the bass uh, drums, that it, it just... It muddled everything. You couldn't hear Vince Neil. And that was the whole point of it. I believe they absolutely sabotaged it on purpose with the full intention to, to do everything they could to get Vince Neil, his voice, buried as, as deep in that mix live so that you wouldn't hear it as, as, as clearly as you need to. And it would just, it's just, you know, I've listened to the playback on a lot of these things. I've analyzed it. And, and definitely I agree that there was some funny business going on. With uh, with regards to uh, Tommy and, and, and Nikki, and so look, Vince. Uh, uh, I mean, Mick Mars. Mick Mars. Look, he's seventy-one years of age. The guy's been around for a long time. He's a legend. He's the only real musician that's a credible musician left in the band. Nobody takes Vince Neil seriously, and and and, and really nobody takes Nikki Six all that seriously. As far as the musician, he's. I mean, he's he's no, you know. He's no Jocko Pistorius, you know. I mean, uh, my whole point is, is that you've got you've got to look at the fact that uh, Mick Mars, he's getting up there in age, you know. But that's the one thing I do want to say about the whole age thing is, is stop age shaming this guy. Everyone's saying, oh, he's a walking dead man. He's he's a walking corpse and all this stuff, and that you know that. That's the obvious thing, and everyone says in, in their write-ups, subsequent write-ups about this report that I put out, oh, that it's about the age thing. Well, no, it's not. It's not it has nothing to do about the age. Mick Mars can still jam. At those shows, I saw that he was the only thing that was good about those shows. And, you know, his, his guitar started getting washed out, too, in the mix because of these two bozos, Nikki Six and, and Tommy Lee, just turning things up. And look, Tommy Lee's been a disaster since the whole thing. Whether or not he got attacked by Barry Manilow, like they said backstage, or or if it actually was indeed him and Vince Neal getting a, into a throwdown because of some words that were said, and he apparently called him Vince Neal <laughs> during rehearsals, uh, or or if it was him falling down some steps trying to, to, to carry some luggage, wherever the hell it was. People, people, he was... He, there's no way that he suffered, actually suffered broken ribs, in my opinion. Something went down, and, and that's what this is all about. So we know that there's bad blood between Vince and the, uh, Vince Neal and Tommy Lee. That's not any surprise to people. They've admitted he sucker punched Tommy Lee one time. 
Vince Neil. Vince Neil's a hot, he's got a very hot head. This guy's attack, he hit a guy with a pizza box, with a, with a pizza. Because he wouldn't give back his keys to let Vince drive when he was drunk. In Hollywood. I mean, this stuff goes, I got a ton of these kinds of stories about, about Vince Neil. But the bottom line is that, look, some shenanigans have been going on. It's making the band look bad. Their performances were lackluster. Def Leppard blew them out of the water. And that's a fact. And so, yes, they made a ton of money. Yes, they're they're going to go forward and do these overseas shows in 2023. Yes, they're going to come back and play America, North America again in 2024. That's the plan. How they expect Vince Neil to make it unless he gets a major overhaul, I don't know how this is going to happen. But they're complaining. The complaint is that Mick Mars is too old. Uh, I, 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 I dare to say that... That's the least of the problems. I think that Mick Mars would be fed up and would be embarrassed by what just happened, standing on the stage with, with that uh, train wreck that just that just went down. And look, that's exactly what it was. It got so desperate at the end that, that Tommy Lee's putting up his penis picture online to, to divert from the fact that the critics are just destroying them. But ladies and gentlemen... Go back and read the reviews, these concert reviews. The concert review for Fenway Park, the two shows, they got decimated. And all these other shows after, there were so many different ones. I mean, I read at least a dozen in the last month that they were playing that were just epic bad. So, you know, that's what's going on. The word is going now, coming out of Metal Sludge, is that uh, John Five, formerly of Rob Zombie, band is going to replace McMars. This has not been officially announced anywhere, but this is the big rumor going around right now. So Metal Sludge is the one who's saying this, not me. But I will say this, that there is definite, uh, there's definite animosity going on in this band right now between all the members. And it would not shock me if McMars walks away with his head, his head held high, knowing that he's not the problem. The Three Stooges are the problem, ladies and gentlemen. These two guys can't get their their acts together. And Vince Neil, if he thinks he's going to pull off playing two more years of shows in, in the shape that he's in currently, I mean, I'll give it to him. He went out there and he gave it his best, but ladies and gentlemen, that's not going to be good enough when he gets overseas. These people are very, very difficult. They're much more critical than Americans. And they'll let you know at, at a show. And, you know, there's a lot of people in, American, in America that were walking out of the shows. A lot of walkouts, I was being told. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen with these shows. And, hey, you know, they get... They get uh, John Five in there, it's no longer Motley Crue. It's a tribute band of Motley Crue, <laughs> okay? So that ends that. Motley Crue, in my opinion, and I know the true loyalist of the band, will say absolutely, without Mick Mars, that's the end of Motley Crue. Listen, this band has not released a new album in, what is it, 15 years? They released a handful of songs, maybe, what, three or four, when they did The Dirt, 
uh, picture. And it, nothing, nothing special. Nothing that you'd actually put on an album. One of them was a Madonna cover, right? Like a virgin. It's horrible. So, you know, these guys, there's something going on when Mick Mars is doing his own solo album that he's going to be putting out here soon. And I hear it, it crushes. If Mick has got all that going on, from what does he need Motley Crue? He doesn't, he doesn't need Motley Crue, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't need them all at all. He's, he's Mick Mars. You know, walk away with some dignity, man. These guys, these clowns are the ones who, who made this spectacle. And Mick, Mick did the best he can. He's 71 years of age. Man, hats off to him. I think that walking away right now would be the best thing for Mick to do. And definitely it's a divorce. You know, that's how I would look at it. You know, it's 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 not going to be pretty if, if you if you try to push something where it shouldn't get pushed, in my opinion. And if it's time for Mick to walk away and you have some young gun come in and, and someone like John Five come in and could do justice to this material, then you, you do it that way. But saying that, it's it's just it's not Motley Crue anymore, in my opinion. It's it's a tribute Motley Crue band. That's my opinion. Okay. All right, well, we've also got Lamb of God has debuted a new music video uh, for the song Ditch off their new album just come out. Exhumed has debuted a Sick at Heart single. At the Gates has announced the return of their founding guitarist. Uh, Aborted has signed with Nuclear Blast Records, and they've announced their new single. So all sorts of cool stuff going on at TheMetalDen.com, stories that you can read, uh, all sorts of new... Uh, Reports will be coming out. We'll be doing some stuff coming up here in Halloween. Uh, it's going to be real, real heavy and dark. So you're going to want to check it out. Like I said, I'm going to have this little snippet in the podcast here that you can hear of my recent appearance on FM uh, Rock Radio with host Ryan O'Neill over Atlanta, Georgia's home of Walk, uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, and uh, WQEE 99.1. And we're going to be talking about some really crazy stuff coming up, so you don't want to miss it. You know, we've had some real good discussions here recently uh, with my uh, covering the uh, different stories, uh, you know, covering uh, what I've talked about, Saturn Death Cult, how that killed Brandon Lee, Black Mass Apocalypse, Human Trafficking in the New World Order, uh, the Montauk Monster, that was a good one, Reptilians and the Illuminati. So you definitely want to check that out. As well, you can uh, at themetalden.com see my latest interview that I did with Nora Finch from Rock Your Life uh, podcast. And we discussed all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, but really, going back to the part one where I told, told her about my encounter with a demon. So you've got two parts that you can check out. But anyways, thank you again, Nora Finch, uh, for everything. Shout out to her and... Like I said, that's Rock Your Life Podcast with Nora Finch. Check that out. You can Google that. Get to that, all right? Okay. All right. Well, before we get rocking with some music, again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's out there supporting my work and, you know, spreading the word and having time for whatever, you know, that I'm doing. I really appreciate it. You know, I get a lot of messages from people all around the world and people telling me all sorts of nice cool stuff about what I'm doing and, and I appreciate that 
and that you dig the music that I'm jamming and, and that you enjoy the entertainment that I'm giving you. And uh, I appreciate the people that are subscribing to my websites, uh, both TheMetalDen.com and RandyRocketCody.com. That's huge, you know. I appreciate it. That's unlimited posts for the $9.99 a month. And I, I try to throw it down as best I can to give you as much going, going on uh, so that you get your money's worth, okay? All right, well, listen. Thanks again. Now let's get rocking with some music. Down in 
It's Ryder Radio Penitentiary. I'm your host, Ryder O'Neill, and of course, 30,000 plus of you worldwide out there on the Shock Out Town Out Loud across what's up, Richard Friends Radio Network, Earth Rock Radio in New Mexico, the Navajo Nation. We're across the British Columbia Isles in Canada, eh? And all over the JC Sports Networks, the George Communication Family of Networks in East Alabama, West Georgia, including right here at the home of the Walking Dead. Brother, how's it going? It is going good for a weird Wednesday. We're into October, and we're going to dive into the subject this morning that uh, a lot of people have heard of, but also a lot of people have, have it has been taken and turned into entertainment, uh, and we'll dive into that in just a few moments, especially for October. But first, got to get my monthly Motley Crew update. I mean, okay. I know this, the Motley Crew are probably contacting you going, please, Randy, stop talking about this. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had a lot of fun with Motley Crue the past couple of years, uh, and, and particularly uh, Vince Neal, or Vince Neal, we should say. Um, yeah, it, you know, Motley Crue's uh, limped out of their uh, stadium tour uh, here in North America. This was... Uh, by all accounts, in terms of Motley Crue themselves and their big comeback, it was a disaster. I mean, I think everybody, you know, who, who's got a brain in their head and who watched what was happening can totally agree with that, starting with the fact that, you know, the, uh, drummer Tommy Lee was, was not able to play the full shows, the first, uh, you know, 10, 12 shows, whatever the hell it was, because he'd got an injury. And there was a purported fight that had broken out between Vince Neil and... Uh, and Tommy Lee uh, over some derogatory words, you know, thrown at Vince Neil for his his weight issues and the fact that he just wasn't really 100% ready for these gigs like he said he was going to be. So what we had was sabotage going on with Mickey Six and Tommy Lee uh, telling their guys, the production people, to turn their instruments up. So you had major complaints out at the out at the gigs with people saying that it was just it was so blown out with the bass. Uh, the bass drums and, and the bass drum and and, and the uh, the bass guitar that you, you couldn't even hear Vince, and so and, and even you had trouble hearing Mick Mars on guitar. So that was a kind of a thing that continued throughout. Then we had Tommy got busted for fake drumming during a performance, and uh, you know and so and then you know it just kind of it, it just continued to go downhill from there. Now they made a ton of money. I mean Def Leppard. 
got a lot of great reviews. But any of the reviews that you read uh, from the people, the the uh, different uh, newspapers and stuff out there that were writing about, you know, the, the review, they just nailed Motley Crue and just said that Vince was nowhere near ready, shouldn't have been out there. Now they're talking about coming back. Uh, they've scheduled shows for next year overseas in 2023 uh, for Europe. And then they're, they're actually, believe it or not, they're talking about coming back to America and doing a, a, doing a second run um, in America in 2024. This is without releasing a new album. So it'll be by that time, it'll be roughly, I believe, uh, 15, 16, 17 years since they've released an album. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and people are just wondering, you know, what's up with that? You know, you've got Def Leppard just released their new album. They were out playing those songs and, you know, they're, they're not a band that's not resting on the laurels. They're, they're still putting out good music, you know, and they're, and they're still, um, very relevant in terms of the current, uh, modern rock landscape. Motley Crue, on the other hand, I don't know if you can really say that anymore. I mean, they haven't put out music in so long, new music. And and a lot of people are thinking that this is just uh, on their on their part, especially with the shape that, that Vince is still in. Um, that's just a big cash grab. So I can see that uh, as a cash grab, and I can see it, you know. And um, with the things that's going on, hopefully they, next go around if they do decide to come back to America, uh, 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 they'll turn Vince up, and Tommy won't say anything. But look. It's not very smart of a skinny little guy like Tommy to say anything about a big fellow like Ben, because Ben is going to slam you. And um, I know they try to put out that Tommy fell up the steps, you know, and I've uh-huh. seen that a couple of Which I do not. I just don't believe. I mean, come on. I mean, the stories that were put out there, there was a, there was a story that he got in a fight with Barry Manilow backstage. Uh, just all the silly, I mean, <laughs> complete comedy, complete silliness. But my source is telling me, yeah, my source is telling me, you know, that it was literally um, is, is is ugly as it could get of a fight between two two yeah. people because of words that were said. Um, you know, if you keep mocking somebody and and, uh, and, yeah. and doing it long enough, you can't, you know, they're going to they're going to strike back at some point. And that's, you know, where Vince is at with it. Uh, I know he wasn't happy with the way that. Uh, that, that he was being drowned out during the performances. Hopefully, they can they can get it together. They have a they do come back in 2024 uh, to play North America again. They have another opportunity to to try and to make things right, you know. And, and I think that that that's something that's going to be um, very important to their legacy overall. Because right now, this has left a real bad taste in everyone's mouth with with uh, regards to Motley Crue's legacy. It is. It is. Motley Crue definitely needs to go back and give a great performance. We need to. They need to try to pretend like to get along with one another or something. And Vince has never been a. Vince has always been a hothead. Uh, everybody's known this. Everybody's been a fan of Motley Crue from day one. New Vince has always been a hothead. Um, so even and so, if we know it, how how. How much Tommy Lee should know it better than anybody, as close as he's been to Vince for a number of years. You know, sometimes, the, you know, when you got a hothead like that around, it's really not going to get any kind of therapy or help. Yeah, that's guys, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, he's, um, Vince has been, you know, he's, the weight of this whole thing has been on his shoulders. And, right. um, you know, and, and, you know, he's been taking, just getting, 
hits from every angle from everybody. And, you know, at a certain point, you know, you've got to say enough is enough. And right. and I think that that's what it, what it came down to, um, you know, between Tommy Lee and, and, and Vince Neal. So, you know, hopefully they'll work things out um, and, and be able to, you know, put on some better shows in 2024. They, they can't get much worse on, on, in terms of what Motley Crue put on the stage during the stadium tour, in my opinion. So if they can just get get their acts together and and, uh, and get the sound levels right, you know, so that we don't have to deal with this whole drowning out Vince Neal's vocals, then let's see what, where Vince really stands, you know? Yeah, well, we definitely will. But you know what? They all say it, how it goes. Here, hold my bear. We'll see. <laughs> like, it can't get worse. Here, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, hold, hold my beer. We'll see. I, I didn't think it could get any worse, man, with uh, Vince's solo tours. I mean, he fell off the stage, you know. Uh, he he, he yeah, quit know. He quit halfway through a song, one, one show saying, uh, during uh, singing a Motley Crue song, saying he just, his voice was gone. And, I mean, it yeah. just, you just didn't think it could get any worse. But when your bandmates are sabotaging the show. I guess the damn. I guess I did so much damage to them, publicity-wise, because these stories I was putting out. Um, and really, like I said, you know, for for the most part, uh, I was just putting out what I'm just getting tips. I'm getting leads that are sent to me. Um, that's how the story got going with the one with him getting a uh, uh, fighting Tommy Lee over the calling him Vince Meal. And th that story was absolutely massive. So it just it got out there. It's one of those things where. They tried to hide it. They tried to put out the other stories to, you know, and then they tried to divert it with, you know, the Tommy Lee, uh, you know, putting up his penis picture. You know, they tried to do everything they could to divert it, you know, and now I'm actually, oddly enough, I've been t uh, permanently, permanently suspended from Twitter, um, sort of related to, to all of that, but really starting with Facebook, they I've been out uh, suspended from Facebook for about three weeks now. I've got another month of, of detention or another week of detention. Uh, I got busted for, um, I, all I did was report on what Tommy Tommy Lee did, right? And and uh, posted up a picture. And I posted up a picture to, to sell the story with Tommy jumping up in the air and he's, he's nude, but he's, he's holding, he's holding, himself so you can't see anything so i'm thinking this is fine it's funny but it's fine i'm not going to get busted sure enough sure enough um you know they they uh facebook suspended me for a month and then after that you know um i got i just got per, you know permanently uh suspended and banned from from twitter uh i just don't get it i don't see how you know tommy can put up his his, his picture it stayed on twitter for weeks you know and did not come down, and and I'm the bad guy because I'm the journalist who's who's putting this news out. And so it just makes no sense. Well, I know. I mean, I know. I mean, I hope, somebody, I hope your wife put some money on the book for you while you're in Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, so I can get my cigs. Your, your your new uh, article. 
Tell us a little bit about uh, a little background on this particular story. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, this is uh, the report is called the Montauk Monster Reptilians and the Illuminati. It's part one. This is um, this is of course based off the the Montauk you know monster story that um, influenced um, the Stranger Things show on Netflix. Yeah. And a lot of people now a lot of people don't know uh, that was that show was originally titled Montauk, and it was originally set to take place at the eastern end of Long Island, where this where the the actual true story took place. Now, uh, it, it, the show takes place in a small uh, town in Indiana. So they completely changed it. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't want to have too much realism uh, right. with the story because then people would, you know, really, really start diving into believing this thing. Um, and that's basically what, what I found when I started researching was there's a lot of those things they did to try to cover up the story, keep it out there, but do a lot of things to uh, get people on, on in, you know, in the wrong direction, on the wrong path of the story. But I can tell folks this: it's a very real place. Um, right. Where this where this all took place out is in in, in Montauk uh, uh, Point, Long Island. It's uh, a Camp Hero is is the location where I guess now it's called Camp Hero State Park. It's it's yep. been changed, but it was originally. It was originally an Air Force um, military installation that they put up uh, shortly after um, Pearl Harbor, where basically it was like a defense uh, sort of deal, so that they could like a defense station for the for the army, and um, so if there was going to be an invasion of New York from the sea. That they would have, so they had all sorts of weapons and stuff, you know. Uh, to defend that position and everything. And then there was, you know, bunkers and whatnot. Well, that's where the story kind of takes hold. Uh, inside uh, these bunkers, deep down uh, in, inside the bunkers are purportedly laboratories for um, secret types of experiments being carried out by the, the US government. And there was a, a gentleman named Duncan Cameron who, who stated he's he was one of, what's called the Montauk Boys, which was uh, kids that were being abducted um, in, in the United States and, and brought to the facility because they had uh, psychic powers. And there was a chair that was being uh, employed to do all sorts of stuff uh, that, that they were using these kids to sit in this chair and to, and to use it um, for all these different things from time travel to you know, yeah. traveling the astral plane, um, you know, doing doing all sorts of things and using this using this device. Well, what happened was, in short, um, as the story goes, is Duncan Cameron. There's a bunch of kids, and I cover that in the report. Um, these specific, I, I literally uh, will feature in, in all of these three parts of this report, different people that have come forward and have and, and actually back up and verify everything that I'm reporting and that they were a part that they were a part of it. And so Duncan Cameron is the start. This all came out of the Philadelphia experiment and uh, a, a guy named Al Bilek uh, was involved and has his has been on YouTube talking about it and he's most of these guys have, have since passed away. Um, some of the newer people that uh, that I that I mentioned in the report are literally just in the last couple of years have come forward. So it's kind of like a, a, a Jeffrey Epstein sort of thing. There's still 
you know, people coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I was involved with this and here's my story. Um, what's also been said is that, uh, that there's purportedly a tunnel complex, a vast tunnel com uh, complex underneath Montauk base. And, and that's where the, uh, some, of, some of the witnesses have said that they've seen reptilian humanoids. And so that's been a part of the story. And so really, it really just comes down to digging into what these different witnesses, people that were part of it say. And, and it's very terrifying because, you know, they give very long uh, statements of testimony that are very compelling. Well, let's talk about the U.S. before we take a break. Uh, let's talk about the U.S. government. And we're going to talk about uh, the chairs in a moment. First, the U.S. government filled the entire facility after building it was concrete, but you and others investigating this matter believe the experiments are still being conducted there. Uh, why do you feel that way, Ray? Well, um, Al, Al Bilek himself mm -hmm. said that after it was purportedly shut down that it reopened in, in 92. Wow. And there was total evidence that they were using the facility again. Um, so whether or not they're actually in that same facility or not, there could be, because it, you know, we're talking, this is near 800 acres of land. And if there's vast tunnel complexes below, then that means that they, there could be other spots where they could, they could have other laboratories built by now where they're, right. they're accessing it. There's, if you walk around, you can actually, the park, you can walk around there and you can see a lot of these, uh, these things I'm talking about where you, you can see where they've actually uh, filled in, they've, they put concrete in. And there's no, you know, you can't go in, you know, sort of situation. Um, but I, I believe with the fact that, you know, how Al Bilek said that there was still stuff going on there after they said that it was closed down in the 80s, that that's, that's pretty telling. Um, so we, we don't, we're not going to know, obviously, the same thing with the Epstein situation, because they said the same thing. The government said that they had poured concrete in, in, in uh, that's that situation there, too. There, there's underground tunnels there as well. And so, you know, that's just their way of, of wanting to, you know, get people diverted from the story. Um, we don't really know because we don't have anybody that's, that's really gone out and really tried to do any digging or get out there. And, right. and, and you know, it's, it's one of those situations where if you watch a lot of stuff on History Channel and they're, they're out there, you know, digging and around the, uh, the pyramids, right? And they're, they're out there, you know, digging and excavating for all sorts of... Uh, you know, old past civilizations and stuff, but, you know, nobody wants to go digging at Montauk, you know, and so that's kind of where we're at. It's, it's just this big monster of a story that keeps getting bigger and bigger because you've got these people that are coming out. And uh, one gentleman, I mean, he just came out the year before last and his story is, is beyond terrifying. His name is uh, Joe Lafreno and he, okay. he, he came out and I described, I have his uh, statement in the story. There's uh, right. There's also a guy named uh, Stuart Swerdlow who came out and said that he was uh, he was he was a part of it. He was being tortured. He, he still has nightmares that he, uh, he he was actually brought into it by his father, who was uh, uh, came from Russia in the 40s and was used for secret secret work, uh, work in an underground base in El Paso, Texas in the early 50s. So his father was he kind of indoctrinated him. The son into it um, when he turned 13. Stuart Swerdlow was was used in the Montauk uh, project as well, 
And um, and so, you know, they just they talk about all sorts of things, electrodes being, you know, put on their heads and having to do all sorts of testing and uh, all sorts of crazy genetic testing, all sorts of uh, a lot of foster kids that were being used and, and saying that he saw at least 50 different kids and most of them, he said, ended up dead. And so, you know, it's very compelling testimony coming from from these people when, you know, I find it really fascinating that there's absolutely no comments on the, on their um, YouTube uh, right. videos. There'll be absolutely no comments. It's like either people are so terrified or I don't, I don't know what, or they just, they just don't believe at all that they're just not going to pay attention to it. But um, I, I just, I think people need to start asking questions. People need to start digging deeper on this. And I think you're going to find that uh, what these guys are talking about is absolutely real. the um yeah it's it's definitely a hard story to research because because there's just uh so much stuff it's gets buried enough. it's not it's not on the front page of nothing it's not nobody's nobody's really wanting to talk about it um in well, in, in in the mainstream you know they don't want to talk about this it's because of them it's not it's not as monsteristic and ufo ristic or whatever for some people this story has a sense of reality to it, so that's why it's not in the, not anybody really want to talk about it. Mainstream media is not going to talk about it, and the people that usually talk about things like this, it's not. It doesn't go far enough for them, you know. So this is this to me. This I remember this story because I'm like, I remember because these people basically said that they were just you know being. They were guinea pigs for the governments, what these kids were. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that there's no yeah. other way of putting it. That was exactly right. They just plucked these kids up out of out of their uh, their home neighborhoods, literally, and and put them at, at this uh, Montauk facility. And um, you know, oddly enough, in, in the report, I, I I show a picture of the Rolling Stones hanging out at Montauk in the 70s. Right. At, oh, okay. And. Uh, at what's his name? Not Tim Leary, but the other Andy Warhol at his at his place in Montauk, and a whole lot of celebrities were hanging out 
uh, uh, you know, elites and whatnot in that in that area, which I find I found kind of funny. Uh, so, anyways, I, I included a picture of uh, from from the seventies of the Stones hanging out at Andy Warhol's uh, Warhol's house, and I thought that was pretty cool. And actually, the the group wrote the song "Memory Motel" in homage to a Montauk haunt of the same name. And I think it's funny that they titled it Memory Motel, right? Because that's what these kids are dealing with afterwards is their, their memories being being uh, messed with as part of the MKUltra uh, program. And so that's all that stuff that's uh, very real. And, uh, you know, uh, I just, I can't even fathom what these kids went through, man. You know, uh, you know I'm in, in the 80s. I'm, you know, going to see et and superman and you know and 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 just had such a, a plain dungeon and dragons and you know and I, I i never thought in a million years that any of this stuff was real you know and i was playing call of cthulhu when i was a teenager so i just i couldn't I, I couldn't even wrap my head around that sort of thing back then i can't even imagine being a kid and being being put you know uh into a facility like this and, and seeing the things they saw. Now the kid that was in the chair fell asleep in the chair and the attendants left accidentally left him in the chair too long. Wow. So they were supposed to unplug him, but they forgot about him and he was left in the chair asleep having a nightmare. Well, what he brought forth in his nightmare, that technology in that chair manifested it into reality.
Rock and Roll Death Brigade Podcast with Randy Rocket Cody.
Bloom News Brief. More info at bullandbloom.com. During a conversation on Sirius XM's Trunk Nation with Eddie Trunk, guitarist Zach Wilde and drummer Charlie Benante talked about their involvement in the upcoming Pantera tour, which is said to take place in 2023. Zach Wilde said, It's going to be awesome. When Benny was with us, it was always rolling around that, Zach, would you honor Dime when all of us get together and do this thing? And I said, fellows, whenever you want to do this thing, I'll be over here waiting in the dugout. Just call me when you need me, and I'll learn everything, and we'll go do this. Throughout the years, there's always been rumblings about it. So it wasn't until obviously now, I was speaking on the phone with Phil. We might've been on a group call, but Phil was just like, Zach, would you honor Dime and would you play? And I said, yeah, Phil, of course. I've always said I would. I said, if you guys wanna do it, then let's do it. On how Zach would approach playing Daryl's guitar parts, you approach it the same way as you do when I'm playing with Ozzy. Obviously, I've got to learn Rhodes' stuff, and I've got to learn Jake's stuff. And when I was doing Black Sabbath stuff, you learn it and do it as faithful as you can. You approach it as if you're in a cover band. When we do Zach Sabbath stuff, I don't start changing lyrics midway through War Picks. You learn the songs, so that's what you do. Charlie said, I can't go do this as the drummer from Anthrax because it would be a different sound completely. So the way I'm going to do that is if you close your eyes, it's going to sound like it's Vinny, and that's how it's going to be. The sound is going to sound exactly like him. 